Welcome to episode one of the Chalk Dust Podcast, where teachers talk about their experiences in the classroom. Because once the dust settles, every teacher has a story to tell. This is Kirby Alexander, your host, and today I'm talking with Haley Wilkinson, a sixth grade language arts teacher living in Aurora, Colorado. I first met Haley during uh, the 2014 fall semester when she was a freshman taking my introductory education class. A few years later, Haley actually worked for me as a graduate teaching assistant while she was in the Accelerated Master's program. So I just wanted to get her story behind making that move from being a college student to working as a full-time teacher. So let's jump on in and hear what she has to say. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. Uh, like, where are you teaching? What grade? What subjects? So that kind of thing. Yeah, so I teach sixth grade language arts um, in a middle school in Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver, right east of Denver. Um, and I teach two sections of just regular grade level language arts um, and then two sections with a co-teacher where we have a mix of just grade level students and then also um, English language learners. So I have a lot of kids that just got here to our country. So working with them is, is fun. And I have a co-teacher who's a language specialist that's also in my classroom for that. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah. and um, tell me a little bit, like, you know, I know that it was a little bit of a process uh, looking for a job because you were yeah. in, in one state looking for a job in another state. So tell me a little bit about just kind of the story uh, of how you found this job, you know, the interview process, you know, all that thing, all that stuff that goes along yeah. with, with getting your first teaching job. Right. So um, I was in grad school and I actually have like the early childhood undergrad degree. And it was about like halfway through my senior year when I was like, you know, I actually want to teach middle school. Um, and so I started the job search process looking for a job teaching middle school English, um, fully aware that I was probably not fully qualified for that because I had no experience in middle school, but, mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of where my heart was leading me and where I just felt like that was, those were my people mm -hmm. were kind of that adolescent age. And so I started looking for a job, um, both in Texas and in Colorado, um, because I'm from Colorado, but I was in Texas and I love Texas and I just was really torn and didn't know where ultimately I wanted to be. And so I was like, it'll just, however it happens, it'll happen. And it'll be, you know, there will be a moment where it just makes sense. Um, <laughs> which is like, it's <laughs> probably naive thinking on my part, but, um, so I started the process of interviewing in Texas and Skype interviewing for jobs in Colorado and flying out to Colorado occasionally for like job fairs and stuff. And there's probably about a month period where I was just like frantically, like every day, like a chicken with my head cut off running from like an in-person interview in Texas to do a Skype interview in some like, mm -hmm. you know, room with no windows in the college of education. Right. Um, and just going back and forth. And it was, also finishing up grad school and working as a substitute teacher. So it was just a very crazy period of time. Yep. Um, and so I ended up getting two job offers to teach middle school language arts in Texas. Um, and I had, I was like waiting to hear back from schools in Colorado. And I went to visit both of the Texas offers, like the schools. And I met with the principals and I met other teachers 
and they both seemed, you know, perfect. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong about them. And it just, I'm like, okay, I could accept this job right now and have a job and everything would be fine. And I wouldn't have to worry for the rest of the year. Um, but there was just something in the back of my mind that was like, this is not the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I realized that neither of those schools could offer me what I ultimately wanted, which was to be back in Colorado. Um, and so I turned down both solid, good Texas offers and good school districts, Mm -hmm. um, with a total like unknown, um, and totally thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to start back from square one, but at least I know that I want to be in Colorado. And Mm -hmm. the night that I turned both of those job offers down, um, my current principal called me in the middle of class and offered me a position at my school, um, that I'm at now. And so I flew to back to Colorado the next morning to visit the school and accepted the offer. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like a crazy, a crazy time period, but, um, yeah, there was definitely a a lot of uncertainty in me not knowing what I really, really wanted. Oh yeah. Um, until the last moment and it did obviously like work out how it was supposed to happen and, Mm -hmm. and everything worked out the right way, but it's definitely anxiety provoking. Um, oh yeah, and and just yeah, juggling a lot of different things. So, and that's great. And you're living in Colorado, which is like where ninety percent of yeah. the people in the United States want to live, <laughs> Inclu- right. including exactly. me. So, right. so that's awesome. That worked out. Right. That worked out great. But yeah, what a it um, did work out. A great. leap of faith, it was, though. It was not an e- yeah, yeah, and it was not an easy journey. And yeah, definitely a. I'm such a planner, so the yeah. idea of giving up two things that were solid for just like a well, starting from square one was yeah. was hard, but obviously it worked out. So oh yeah, um, well that's yeah. great. So you know, so yeah. you you get you get the offer, you sign the contract, you know where you're going to be working. So you know, to kind of walk me through at this point what you're feeling. You know, what are you, what are you, what are your feelings that you're having? Are, are you envisioning yourself in your classroom and meeting your first class yes. of students? So I'm just, you know, really interested in the anticipation that you're feeling at this point And as you start to set up things in your first class. Yeah. So after I got my position, there was still probably about a month left of school. And so like, I was just, I was so excited. Like I was just like on a high and Mm -hmm. on cloud nine and um my roommates and I would spend the weekends like shopping for books for our classroom and like (laughs) hitting all these sales and things like that just to find all these things and so it was definitely just so much excitement at first and I was envisioning myself in my classroom and how was I going to set up my classroom and what was I going to make my classroom look like and what did I want my first days you know to look like and I was trying not to you know email my my new principal 700 times asking questions because <laughs> they were still trying to finish up school and I yeah. didn't want to make that, you know, impression first off. Um, and so, yeah, for at first, after I get it, it was just pure excitement and, and happiness that it had finally come into fruition. I think when summer hit and I moved back to Colorado and we started kind of getting closer and closer to day one, there was kind of this, I have no idea what I'm doing sort uh, of yeah. feeling. Um <laughs> And I'm like, what, you know, what am I teaching? What are the standards? What, you know, and so I, I kind of go into frantic mode and there was 
never enough hours in the day to finish everything that needs to be finished. And then something new would come up that I hadn't even thought of before. And like, Oh, I probably need a system for pencils. Like who would have thought you need a system for pencils? You know, like little things like that, that, you know, we don't have a uh, class in college about those kinds of things. You you didn't take the pencil class in the college of education. (laughs) You know, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's only offered every other year. So maybe you missed it. I know. And it wasn't offered for me. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, just lots of it kind of this way from just pure excitement to almost an oh crap feeling. Like right. <laughs> there's just so many things. And, um, you know, we hear all of these things in college, but then once it's actually like in our court and the ball's in our court and we have to actually decide for ourselves what we want every aspect of our classroom to look like, um, there's so many options and there's so many different valid ways to do things that mm-hmm. it, it was it was challenging to sift through all of that um, to figure out. And plus, I mean, I hadn't even met my students, obviously. You don't meet right. your students until the first day of school. So mm-hmm. you could have this great plan, and then it just completely blows up in your face on the first day. And then it's like, oh, so I spent all that time over the summer for nothing. Right. Um, so just lots of things going through my head as I prepare oh, yeah. kind of for that first day. <laughs> so, you know, so tell us a little bit about those, like the first day and maybe even the first few days. Just like how did that how did that uh, shake down once the kids are finally there? Yeah. Well, you know, for what I remember, because it was like a blur. <laughs> it's, like, it's a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a major blur. But, um, I mean, I do remember on the first morning in my classroom, we had like five minutes before the bell rang and the kids come up. Um, and I like was sitting there and I was honestly crying because it was so overwhelming thinking <laughs> about, Like, I've wanted to be a teacher my entire life. Um, And so to kind of, like, finally get this moment where I'm realizing, like, oh, my gosh, like, all of my dreams that I've dreamt for so long are coming true. um, It was just very overwhelming for me. And so then I'm like, okay, pull it together. Like, you've got (laughs) children coming in here. Like, that is not the first impression you want to give to be crying in your classroom. That's not where we're going to go. So (laughs) after I got over that initial just kind of overwhelming feeling, um, I really just wanted the first few days to be fun for my kids and memorable and mm-hmm. like building relationships with their, with them were is such a was such a huge part of like why I wanted to be a teacher and and so that was super important to me so I spent the first few days just really focusing on like building that camaraderie in my classroom and mm-hmm. like the first day we did like a scavenger hunt around my room with like music playing in the background and I had all of my classes classes decide like on what they wanted their class theme song to be. Um, I had to like shoot some down because we're middle school and we can't really handle <laughs> what's appropriate and not yet. Right. But, um, so yeah, so I really just spent the first week just doing like fun things with my kids because that's kind of what I wanted. Um, what I wanted them to remember and I wanted them to start like building relationships with me and with the other kids in the class in hopes that that would set us up for success for the rest of the year. Yes. Um, so that was kind of my goal in those first first few weeks. So oh, that's great. And so, you know, I, I remember for myself, like those first few days were kind of like a honeymoon period. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and you go through the whole process of here's how you set up your binder or here's how you set up your journal. And here are the procedures for the, doing this and that. And then, you know, it, finally, like you actually have to start teaching. Uh, right. you know, the, like, there's no more stuff to explain to start the year. Like you, yeah. you, you've got to start. So, uh, yeah. 
so, you know, once all that was over, how was that transition into doing, you know, what might be considered the real work of a teacher, the, the day-to-day yeah, I mean, teaching it, and planning? Yeah, I mean, it was hard. I, um, you know, being a language arts teacher, um, you either get, especially when it comes to sixth grade, you have a bunch of kids who either their whole elementary careers have been told they're awesome readers and writers, Mm-hmm. or they've been told that they're horrible readers and writers, mm-hmm. or they feel that they're horrible readers and writers. So automatically I had kind of a split, either kids coming in being super excited for my class or kids being like, I'm not good at reading, so I don't really care anyway. Right. Um, and so I automatically, you know, was, was like, okay, how can I engage these kids and how can I get them to, you know, change their mindset about reading and how can I figure out which ones really need extra help and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just going day by day, honestly, like class period by class period, um, not knowing what I was doing. Um, I was relying super heavily on like my teammates, um, things that they had done the previous year or in the past. Um, which wasn't, even if they weren't necessarily like my ideal lesson plan, just because I, you know, there's a point where you just have to get through the days and you have to teach them something. And so Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't exactly my point of view in teaching or, you know, how I would ideally do it, there's not enough hours in the day to plan these amazing lessons for every single class period, as much as I would love there to be. Um, There just wasn't. And so I did spend a lot of that time just those first few, like that first few months, month or so of school, just taking other people's things and trying to twist it to make it work for my kids and, and our space. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, because I had transitioned from Texas to Colorado, like the standards are different here. Yeah. The different expectations are different here. We don't have any sort of scope and sequence at my school. So I was really just like <laughs> pulling out of thin air or talking yeah. to my PLC to figure out what we were even doing week to week. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, definitely when the honeymoon period ended, it was overwhelming and, and kind of a sense of like, do, do I have two degrees in this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do I even know what I'm doing? Do I need to mail Um, one of them back? Maybe, you know, maybe maybe I should have only gotten one degree (laughs) and they can give me the other one when I've earned it. (laughs) Right. And, you know, and I think like TCU obviously did, prepare me but Mm -hmm. I think that there's just so many things that you don't realize you need to know until you're in it and then you're in it and you're like I don't even know what I don't know because there's so many things and as a first year teacher you're kind of in this position where like I want to ask but I also don't want it to be this like oh well that's something you should know like everyone knows that and so it's just it was kind of this awkward I'm trying to find my place and you know you learn about all the school like politics which you wouldn't even think that's a thing. And then Mm -hmm. you get to a school and there's this hierarchy of things in education that you don't really get to expose to in college. And there's IEP meetings and there's data to keep track of. And and there's just a lot. (laughs) And so, yeah, once the honeymoon period was over and and you get into that stage, um, there's a lot to sift through and definitely moments where I was like, wow, I know nothing <laughs> like well, yeah. my students are, I'm going to crash and burn, you know? So. Yeah. And there's no person in the back of the room. that's like, okay, you know, you've done a pretty good job, but I'll take it from here. You know, I'll, right. I'll give you, I'll give you <laughs> right. a little bit of a little bit of a break, you know, go grab some coffee and I'll, right. I'll, you know, I'll take it from here. Like you might see in a student teaching. It's just like, 
I'm the only one here. Right. I'm the adult in the room. Right. <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, and talking about that, you know, and being in kind of that survival mode. And did you ever have moments where you just stopped and you were like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? You know, like true moments of disillusionment, you know? So tell me about any, any moments like that you may have experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm usually a pretty like half glass full kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so I like went into it and I was like, even on like the worst days, like I'm going to be positive and I'm going to be happy and excited. And then when the reality is hit, that's a lot harder, a lot easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Um, like I have one of my class periods, like we could just, like, I love all the kids. They're all amazing and super smart, but they love to talk. And so we Mm -hmm. consistently like don't get through what we need to get through. Like my other class periods and it's, it's frustrating and I try, you know, different things and different strategies, but, you know, they'll get through seven pages of reading and my other periods will get through 32 pages of reading. Wow. Um, and so it's like, what, that's one of my major ones is like when that one class period, it's like, okay, all these strategies and structures are working for the set, my, you know, a hundred other students that I have, like, why are they not working for, mm-hmm. for this class? And that's because I, I, it is my first year. My bag of tricks is, is not that full. <laughs> and so, right. I'm pulling on everything that I do have, but even when that's not enough, I kind of get to that point, like, okay, well, where do I go from here? Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one sort of period of disillusionment. And then I went to a conference a couple weeks ago, a reading conference in Denver, and there's all these, you know, great people that with great ideas and awesome teachers. And I was so like revitalized there and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm going to change things in my classroom. Like <laughs> Everything's going to be so much better. And then, you know, I get back and there's 52 minutes in a class period and state testing is coming up and my kids can barely write a whole paragraph without my assistance right now, even though I know that they can. Mm-hmm. And so there's just all these other things. And then I get back and I'm like, okay, so all these great ideas that I just learned, like, how am I supposed to do that? Um, hmm. And so trying to figure out, you know, where these great ideas fit in, in my space and, and understanding that all these teachers that presented these ideas to me and all the teachers that I've learned from in the past or my mentor teachers, even at my school right now, like it took time for them to get there. It's not like it just happened overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, trying to, to figure that out and, and understand that and not, you know, be so hard if I can't do on myself, if I can't do every single thing that I want or envisioned in my classroom, because, you envision great things and then you get to what actually has to be done. And I think that um, sometimes you see like the highlight reels from teachers and you don't see every aspect of their day to day when you're Mm -hmm. hearing stories from teachers. And so understanding that not every day is going to be this huge, exciting, like theatric production and that's okay if the kids are still learning. Um, But yeah, definitely another another time when I'm kind of like, what is going on? And, and I have a really like impacted population of students. And so, um, I don't physically take things home with me like on school nights. I leave my computer at school and I leave grading at school Mm -hmm. on the weeknights. Like I've set that boundary for myself, but I have a hard time not taking like my kids stories home with me or just like thinking about them and thinking about like the things that they're going through and things like that. And so, um, 
kind of that weight of, okay, like I want to make an impact in their life and I want to make a difference, but like, how am I supposed to do that when they've been through this, this and this and, yeah. and that. So yeah, definitely periods of time and moments where I'm just like, what, <laughs> what in the world yeah. is going on and what am I doing and how am I supposed to get through this? And which I never thought like in my mind, I'm like, I'm never going to feel like that. I'm never going to get that way. Cause I just love this so much and I'm going to love teaching so much. And I do love teaching, but that doesn't mean that it's not hard sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an easy belief to have until you've done it that, you know, Mm -hmm. I can just power through. I don't need to sleep. I don't need, you know, to to eat every meal. I can just, I can do this, you know, and even if I have Mm -hmm. to work all day on a Saturday and then, and then the reality sets in. So, you know, you, you did, you mentioned several different, uh, factors that I think, you know, are important for working through those feelings where you're just like, I'm not sure I can do this much longer. I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing. I don't know what to do. You know, you mentioned um, having good mentors, setting boundaries for Mm -hmm. yourself and, you know, going Mm -hmm. to conferences, even if, you know, initially, you know, you don't maybe feel like those ideas are are working right away. You know, you're still, you're still going to have those strategies, you know, put, put away. So, you know, at uh, what are some other things that you do uh, just to kind of help you push through uh, when it's uh, when you kind of get to a point where you feel like you're hitting a little bit of a wall? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things, and I'm just kind of now in the past few weeks, like kind of working with this and and processing this. But I think just asking for help. Um, I think as a first year teacher. As, as first-year teachers, a lot of the times people are stuck between, like, I want to appear competent and, like, I know what I'm doing because I want them to see me as a good teacher. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whether that's administration or other teachers, like, I want them to view, like, oh, she's got it. She knows what she's doing. But, you know, you hit this point where it's like, okay, I personally don't know what else to do, so I need someone else to step into this space and someone who isn't in this room every day to like offer me new ideas and an outsider's perspective. And so we have an instructional coach at my school who I recently in the past few weeks asked her to come into my classroom and, Mm -hmm. and help me and just, you know, offer ideas and share, you know, her thoughts on the situations that were going on in a couple of my class periods, which was really hard to do and be vulnerable because like I said, like I, I, don't want to appear like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But I think like I kind of flipped it in my mind and I was like, I would never want my students not ask for help. Like I would never want them to sit there and be like, I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to ask for help because I'm scared. She's going to know that I don't know what to do. Like I'm a first year teacher. Of course they know that I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Like that would be ridiculous for them to think that a first year teacher would walk into this, into their classroom and automatically know every single thing they're supposed to do and the right way to do things. Um, and so that was one of the biggest things that I'm still, you know, working with. But I yep. think when I got to that point where I was like, okay, like you, you're not meant to do this all by yourself and yeah. you're not meant to know every single thing right off the bat. And you can't ask for help without it looking like you, you know, don't know what you're doing. Um, I think that was a, a big thing that has helped me work through kind of that, those feelings. Yeah. Um, That's- yeah. And I mean, another, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, and that's such a contrast to the, the, the way universities work, 
you know, and right. it's it's not just you know the university where you went. It's it's every university. Right. Like there's just so much uh, emphasis put uh, on this appearance that you have everything together, you know. And right. the, stu- and the and the perspective is like you know what can I do to make sure I get all the points on this assignment. Exactly. You know, I don't want to get any points yeah. taken off. I want to make an A. I want to have a good GPA. You know, and then suddenly now, you know, you're in a position where everybody knows you don't really know all the answers. <laughs> right. You may, and they, maybe even they think you don't know anything. And so it's really, mm-hmm. you know, seen as a strength that you're willing to go to someone and say, I really need some help because right. I care enough about this that I want to get good at it. You know, and I care enough about the kids that they, they need to have a teacher that, that knows what she's doing. And, right. and, and to, to make yourself vulnerable like that, you know, I don't, I've never quite figured out how to, how to, you know, have that model in, in a university setting because so much right. of the, the mindset is just, you know, I got to put all my effort into my personal success. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not always seen as okay just to, to stumble and say, yeah, you know, I actually don't really know what I'm doing here and I could use some help. So, right. yeah. So anyway, I didn't, uh, I, I, I want you to keep going, but I just wanted to interject. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, and I think that that's like, yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, obviously like in school you have professors who want to help you and things like that, but you're right. Like you go through school and especially if you go to a university with like a good education program and then you happen to go to grad school, like I did, I think that like most students are very well versed in like, Oh, I can do all these things and I'm pretty good at doing all these things. And mm-hmm. then you get into, you know, your own classroom and, and it's, it's a hard place to admit that you, you can't do all of the things effectively. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's like a really, probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this year is like, that's okay to admit that. And it's okay to, mm-hmm. you know, like take a step back and, and try and, and get help from other people. No. Like, I think that's definitely one of the biggest things. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is just that, you know, I have a ton of friends that graduated with me and are all teachers now. And oh, yeah. I think, um, like, misery loves company. And so sometimes <laughs> it's a lot easier for us to pick up the phone and, and complain about things that are going badly or, you know, this right. kid did this or this kid said this. And that's, that's a lot easier to focus on sometimes than the positive. Um, and so I, just this past week, actually, like, I set an alarm on my phone um, for every day at 4:30, which is about the time that I leave school, to text um, my friend Kaylee, um, Kaylee, who I think you know um, from school, and I oh, have yeah. to send her, text her, um, mm-hmm. a positive story from the day uh. um, at the end of every day, and <laughs> yep. so that way I leave school like focusing on something good that happened, even if it's not even though some days that was a lot harder this past week, you know, like, yeah. it's like, okay, what is something positive that happened today? But it kind of has made me shift my mindset into, yeah. okay, like instead of just dwelling on the things that I could have done differently, because there will always be something that I could have done differently or something I could have said differently, or, you know, some kid that I could have reacted to differently. Like there's always going to be those things, but, and I could sit here and dwell on them, or I could think about the one kid that came into my after, into my room after school to get a new book just because they loved the last one that I gave mm-hmm. them or the kid who said hi to me in the hallway who usually doesn't interact with me. Right. Like, focusing on those just makes my whole, like, 
you know, leaving school that much more positive and then going into the next day a lot more positive because I've chosen to focus on the good instead of focusing on the things that maybe went wrong. Oh, and yeah. even though it's such a small thing, like it, it just is a huge mind shift, mindset change and mm-hmm. shift. Um, and make me really like evaluate what happened throughout the day. That's so, so important. Yeah. Just don't do it on Facebook and Twitter. You know, you don't have to share oh, your wow. grievances with the world, <laughs> just with your, oh, no, your no, no, just no. with your close circle of friends. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I'm, and I'm, I'm just teasing you. A lot more, more positive about those things. Yeah. yeah no, that's, <laughs> no, that's really important you know, to, to have a group of people that are in the same place in their careers or in life. And yeah, just to, to be able to, to, to share those things and for them to, you know, encourage you in some way to focus on what's, what's positive. I think that's really great. Um, so, you know, I know that I thinking back on my own experience, I was continually in evaluating, like whether it was on a, on a particular lesson or a unit that I was teaching, you know, your language art. So it might be, you know, like a book that you're teaching, you know, mm-hmm. so have there been any, uh, just brainstorms where you think to yourself, I'm definitely doing this uh, differently next year. Like I can't probably start this right now because I've got this group of kids mm-hmm. in a certain pattern, but starting on day one next year, like I'm doing something uh, totally different. Yeah. You know, a couple of things I would say one is, you know, so I went through, we read two like whole class novels throughout the course of the year. And I started the year being like, well, I just want discussion to be like a huge focus when we're reading those books, like kids mm-hmm. talking to each other. I know that's how they learn. Like that's, you know, how they're going to get the most out of this if they're just, you know, shooting ideas back and forth and talking to each other. But I never really set my kids up for success in what that looks like. Like I was just like, all right, so today we're just guessing this stuff. And then, you know, they'd all be sitting there staring at me. Right. And so, <laughs> and so cause they don't have those, like they don't, they just don't know what that, like what a good discussion looks like. They right. don't know what a good, what that looks like. And so I think, you know, that's just one example, but mm-hmm. actually teaching the structures and, you know, even teaching it with something that's not content related. So it has maybe has nothing to do mm-hmm. with what we're reading or, or learning in language arts, but like, okay, like I want you to discuss like NFL using these sentence starters or whatever that looks yeah. like. And just being more intentional with how I set up those structures so that when I put a question on the board, it's not like blank stares or, uh, all those, you know, uh, well, um, yeah, you know, like kids uh-huh. do because yeah, that's exactly. just what they're accustomed to. So, so, so that's one thing for sure. Yeah. So sixth graders aren't that different than college freshmen is what you're telling <laughs> no. me. Okay. Or, yeah. no. <laughs> or graduate no. students or, on some uh, days. <laughs> yeah. Graduate students or honestly, sometimes like first graders, I'm like, I see a lot of similarities. Yeah, no, it's um, uh, very true. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, as usual, I just, I had to interject my, my corny humor. No, so, <laughs> you're good. No. but, uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah t- tell me your, what you were thinking. Gonna, yeah. The other couple of things that I was thinking about are, um, you know, all of my research in grad school was on like students having choice in what they read, um, and giving them opportunities to read Mm -hmm. independently what they want to read. And that just was not something that was ingrained in the culture of my school or in the culture of the other teachers who are sixth grade language arts teachers. And so, um, which is not, you know, a bad thing, but I really let myself like just kind of fall into what they were doing because Mm -hmm. like I wanted to fit in with that culture but 
next year, like I want to start off the beginning of the year, like providing more opportunities for students to read what they want to read mm-hmm. and making that a daily or not necessarily daily, but weekly, at least part routine in our classroom, like every Friday for the first 20 minutes of class, you're reading an independent reading book. Um, because I know that's so important. And because I think that when students fall in love with reading, they, everything else that we do in my class will be a lot easier yeah. for them because of that. Um, and that is just something that I, I didn't start right at the beginning of this year. And so now it's kind of like, I've tried to sprinkle it in, but my kids don't have that, you know, expectation in place. And they're like, I don't even, I don't even know how to pick out a book. And so yeah. that's <laughs> like, I'm like, there's, hundreds like I have hundreds in my classroom and there's a library right down the hall but that's a totally other story um Mm -hmm. and so just setting them up to really have opportunities for that in my classroom and know that that's going to be part of our routine every single day I think the time crunch you know my classes are 52 minutes long which by the time you get them in and settle down and stop doing the tiktok dance that you're doing and stop you know telling whoever about who who and who and what and what oh yeah Um, basically we have like 40 minutes to learn and so um like i want to use that time well but i want also want you know the structures that i know deep down are good for kids to be in place yes in my room so yeah yeah things like that no no and and it's 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 amazing uh how quickly when you're new in a place you can get swept up in the culture of the school you know, and it yeah. do, and it does uh, it does take you a while to kind of get your bearings and remind right. yourself, you know, exactly who you are and what you want to do, and and it may be different than what some of your colleagues are doing, and it doesn't mean what they're doing is bad. It's just it's different, and you know, you know, deep right. down there are certain strategies you want to use, or you know, either routines or whatever it happens to be, and. Right. And it's hard to, and it's hard to sprinkle those in. Like you said, you know, I like that, that term that you're, 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 you're you're sprinkling in when you can, but you, but you know, deep down, like you want it to be a part of your culture in your classroom. Right. Yeah. And I think that comes with time, you know, and, and, and I definitely know that that comes with time. Um, and I think that it's hard as a first year teacher to like be confident enough in your ideas and your abilities, but also like, learn how to work with teammates and, you know, make sure everyone's ideas are valued. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, like all of my teammates are trying to help me obviously Mm -hmm. and try to assist me and give me ideas and strategies. And I just have to develop, you know, my own confidence and voice in saying like, I really appreciate that idea, but I know that like who I am as a teacher, I'm going to have to twist it. So it's a little bit more like this. Right. Um, So I think that that's, like I said, going to come with time, but oh, yeah. even from the beginning of the year till now, like I'm definitely more confident in that. Um, but there's, there's, like I said, still things that I want to sprinkle in that I haven't yet. So. Exactly. Well, you know, before you know it, you may be the trendsetter and they'll be coming to you <laughs> saying, you know, show us how to do that thing or teach us about this. Right. You know, you never know. Right. You know, so when you, when you think, uh, I know you're not even through your first year yet. So there, you know, <laughs> right. there's still a lot, there's still, you know, a lot of this process you're still working through, but you know, just up to this point, you know, when you're looking back on this first year, what do you think you're going to remember the most? Oh man. Um, I feel like, um, in so many ways it has been like the best year of my life and the most challenging year hmm. of my life. And I feel like, um, 
above, you know, anything else, I feel like I will one, just remember how much like I personally grew Hmm. as a person, as a teacher. Um, but just being able to look at like, okay, this is where you started. There was definitely bumps along the road and definitely, you know, points where you were questioning things and didn't really know what you were doing, but like, look at how much better of a teacher you came out on the other side of it because of all these things. So I think Mm -hmm. that that is one thing for sure. And then I think the students, um, I like every single day, like, I mean, middle schoolers are just the funniest people (laughs) in the whole world. And every single day they make me laugh Mm -hmm. and, as you know, having two sixth graders, right. <laughs> yeah, in, in my house. And so, yeah. And so, um, I mean, they are just, they are weird and odd and funny, but in the absolute best way possible. Um, and so I will just remember all of the little instances, like the two girls that desperately want me to get a TikTok because they want me to be TikTok famous. And I'm like, <laughs> I am not getting a TikTok. Resist. But I will remember that. <laughs> For the rest of my life, them wanting yeah. me and coming in my room every single day after school to say, Miss Wilkinson, Miss Wilkinson, did you get a TikTok yet? Like, we already have your handle for you. You know, like, those are the things. Right. Like, from their I'll perspective, remember. that's an intervention. They're like, we, we, right. need, we need to go work on Miss Wilkinson because she really needs to, right. like, do this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Or, like, the kids who are always trying to teach me the latest lingo. Like, I found out that capping means that you're lying. And so hmm. sometimes, like, I'll see kids, <laughs> right, I'm like, okay. So sometimes I'll be like, you're capping. Like, you can't use that. Like, that's not, you can't, you can't do that. You can't say that. You're so, too old. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, them, so them teaching me that, those kinds of things are, you know, I haven't told them how old I am because they're smart and they'll realize that this is my first year and I'm not going to let them know that. Oh, interesting. Um, but, you know, yeah, them desperately trying to figure out how old I am and, just being incredibly wrong, like thinking I'm about 37 years old and <laughs> sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all of those little moments I think will probably just, just stick with me the most. And all of those little, the bright little faces that every single day walk down those hallways or run down the hallways, I guess, because they don't understand what walking is, but no. um, yeah, not at all. So those, those will definitely stick with me. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Well, you know, this has been a lot of fun. The, this is my first, yeah. my first episode, and uh, yes. this has just been this has been a blast. No, absolutely no, and and it was. I think that I can't imagine a better way to to get this started. So this was this was a lot of fun. It was obviously great hearing from yeah. you, and um, yeah. And, you know, we'll be driving through Denver uh, this summer, heading back to see my parents in Wyoming. So uh, when we're on our way through, I'll let you know. And if it works out, we'll grab yeah, lunch definitely. and uh, get to catch up with you in, in person. Yeah, perfect. And hopefully I'll have even different things to say then and I can we can catch up for sure. That'd be it'll, awesome, it'll be so. part two of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. All right. Awesome. Well, have a great night. And yeah. thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you, Haley. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.